This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. The Bible says, and he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. I want you to notice what the Lord Jesus said to this group who questioned him and wondered at him, amazed, astonished by what he said and what he did, and yet they questioned, from whence is this man? Where, where does he get all of this stuff? Is he not the carpenter? And they were offended at him. In verse 4, Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. I want to speak to you this morning on this subject, a prophet without honor. A prophet without honor. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. May your spirit speak to us now. Open our hearts and minds to receive your message. And help us to respond, not as this crowd responded, but to respond in faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We find that the Lord Jesus had come to his own country. That means he has come back to Nazareth. He has returned to Nazareth to his home place, the place where he grew up. He's back among his own people. Familiar faces, the people he had known throughout his life. And as he comes, he does not receive, as you and I might anticipate that he would as he returned home, He does not receive a hero's welcome. You see, the Lord Jesus had, with his disciples, been touring and ministering throughout Galilee. And God had worked mightily, the Son of God, as he ministered to the people. He went and he preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. He he cast out devils. He healed diseases. He calmed the storm and he... As we found out in chapter 5, he raised the dead. 
as he returned to his home place, instead of receiving him in faith as the Messiah, they rejected him in unbelief. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. They did not receive him in faith, but they rejected him. You know that when confronted with the person of the Lord Jesus and the infallible evidence that proves the claim, (laughs) the claims of his deity, each of us are faced with the same decision. Will we respond to him in faith believing as many in Galilee did, or will we respond to him by rejecting him in unbelief, as did many in his hometown of Nazareth? The Bible tells us in John chapter number 1 in verse number 10, we'll turn back there in just a moment at the conclusion of this message, but the Bible says in John chapter 1 in verse 10, speaking of the Lord Jesus that he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. That's what we find taking place. And the Lord Jesus said concerning their response of him, He said, a prophet is not without honor, but among his own country and his own kindred and his own family. And so we see the Lord Jesus, a prophet, not just a prophet, but the prophet. Not just a priest, but the priest. Not just a king, but the king, the king of kings, the son of God. We see him as he comes home on this trip. And he says he is a prophet without honor. I wonder as we think about our current culture and the trends of the day, as we think about this nation which had a great Christian foundation, as we think about how the gospel has advanced and and the movement of God has, has, has swept across this country throughout days gone by as we think about that and we see our current situation how do we find Jesus I think we would consider him a prophet without honor today in our nation but how about how is the matter in your home how is the matter in your life when you're confronted by the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and his infallible proofs of the claims of his deity. Is he a prophet without honor? Or have you honored him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords? I want us to note three things we find in this passage. I hope you'll write them down as we examine the the rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ by his own people. We see, first of all, that they were astonished. They were astonished. Notice again, if you would please, in verse number 2, And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach them in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, 
from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Now, I want you to notice that what the Lord Jesus did was what was customary to him. On the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue and he began to teach. Now, as he taught, as he proclaimed the message of the word, it went forward. Now, what was his message? His message was the message of the kingdom. His message was to repent. And his message was, Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, to believe the gospel. So here he is preaching the same message, and and he began to teach. And the Bible tells us that many heard him and were astonished. Many heard him. Uh, as, As the message went forward, they heard his word. And what we find here is that they were astonished by his word and by his wisdom. Notice the question they ask in verse number two. From whence hath this man these things, and what wisdom is this which is given unto him? As they heard him speak, they understood they were not listening to just anyone speak. They were not listening to a product of uh, the schools, uh, the public school system or, or the synagogue school system of that day. They, they were not listening to someone who had simply sat at the feet of the priests and of the scribes of that day. What they understood is that they were hearing the wisdom of the ages. They were hearing from the Son of God, but they refused to acknowledge him for who he was, the Son of God. And as they heard him speak, the Bible tells us that he spoke with power. Look with me, if you would, please, in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter number 1. And verse number 21, this gives us a glimpse into the insight of those who heard him. In Mark chapter 1, in verse number 21, the Bible says, And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. Verse 22, And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Can I tell you what his authority is (laughs) He is not just simply a learner, friend, who has, who has begun to teach. He is the author of all knowledge. He is, the, he is the source of all wisdom. The Bible tells us that in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ dwells all the riches and the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him is all wisdom. In him is all knowledge. And here he is, the source of wisdom and the source of truth. And he is speaking as one who had authority. They sent the officers to arrest him one time. The Pharisees did. And the officers came back and they said, why didn't you take him? And here was their response. They said, never man spake like this man. Oh, you see, they went to take him. But as they heard him speak, They said, never man spake like this man. There's no way we could take him. Uh, There's no way that we have authority over him. Notice, if you would, please, in Mark chapter 1 in verse number 27. And they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. I want to tell you that when Jesus proclaimed his message, it was given in a demonstration of power. It was given in a demonstration of wisdom. It was given with authority. 
And they could not resist his words. And so they were astonished by his words. Notice again, please, in, in Mark chapter number 6, not only were they astonished by his words, but as they spoke, and they said in the middle of verse 2, from whence hath this man these things, and, with, and what wisdom is this which is given unto him? Notice, if you would, please, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. They could not deny the power and the wisdom of his words, nor could they deny the power of his works. Here is the Son of God standing before them. And here they have heard the reports that have come surely to their ears from the other people who dwelt in the same regions and dwelt in the same country of Galilee. They've heard the reports of the lame men who were healed and the blind who could see and the dead who were come to life. No doubt they heard the report of the man of Gadara who was possessed by a legion of demons and the Lord delivered him from that legion of demons. They had seen perhaps uh, with their own eyes the evidence of those who were at one time sick or perhaps one time possessed by a devil, but now were healed and delivered from that bondage. Bible tells us that they heard his word with their own ears, and they saw what he did with his own, uh, with their own eyes. They saw the mighty works of his hands. They heard him and they saw him. The undeniable evidence was all around them. And yet, notice the hardness of their heart and their unbelief in verse number two when they asked the question, From whence hath this man these? things. How's he doing this? You see, they were astonished by him. He astonished them, but he did not appeal to them. They were amazed by him, but he did not appeal to them. They had no interest in knowing him further. They had no interest in acknowledging who he was, the Son of God. Do you know the same is true of our world today? Do you know it is an undeniable fact that Jesus Christ walked on this earth and lived and died? Do you know that it is with many infallible proofs that the Lord Jesus Christ gave evidence of his resurrection? Do you know that many testified of his resurrection without any a controversy concerning that fact? No disputer was able in that day or in any day since to ever prove that Jesus did not come out of the grave as he said he would. Do you know that his disciples carried his message to the world and many, many hundreds and thousands of people untold, now millions have come to the Lord Jesus Christ? Churches have been established, colleges have been established, hospitals have been built, all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We live in a, in a nation that is the freest nation in the history of this world. It was built upon the foundation of the truths of God's word. It had a Christian beginning and people are amazed, but yet Jesus does not appeal to them. 
You see, they were astonished. I want you to notice the second thing. They were offended. Notice the question they ask in verse number three, is not this the carpenter? I mean, isn't this the guy that, you know, put the addition on my house? Isn't he the guy, him and his dad, or what we profess to be his dad, or what we might have thought to be his dad, Joseph, his adopted father? Aren't they the guys that built the, the building over there just down the street? Isn't he the carpenter? Didn't he put the cabinets in somebody's house? Then they go on to say, is not he the carpenter? The son of Mary? Now, this was a highly unusual thing for them to say because it was not customary. It was not socially part of the way you would describe someone as the son of a woman. You would usually refer in that day, in that culture, to him as the son of his father. But there was a great question perhaps surrounding that. Now, there's no doubt that this statement was made to belittle him, as was the carpenter statement. Is not he just a carpenter? Is he not the son of, you know, Mary? You know, we don't really know who his father is. And therefore, they, they questioned his legitimacy. Then they go on to say, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, we know those boys. We, there's nothing uh, amazingly spectacular about them. That's his brothers. Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him, meaning they were made to stumble in him. Uh, who is this person? Where does he get all of this knowledge? And instead of believing that he is who he professed to be, the Son of God, they were offended. You see, their familiarity with the Lord Jesus contributed to their unbelief and their rejection of him. You know, the Bible says this, a brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city. You see, instead of, instead of embracing him for who he was, instead of uh, understanding what they were hearing was from God and what they were seeing was the hand of God, instead of accepting that, they rejected that and they became offended in him. Who is he to tell us how to live our lives? Who is he to proclaim that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh unto the Father but by him. I mean, after all, won't all religious paths lead us to God? And the answer to that question is no. But instead of coming to the light and coming to the truth and coming to the Savior, they rejected him because they were offended. They were all too familiar with Jesus. And by the way, in Isaiah chapter 28 and verse number 16, the Bible clearly prophesied that this would be the response of the people. I want you to look with me. Turn with me, if you would, please. 1 Peter chapter number 2. 1 Peter chapter number 2. Because not only did Isaiah foretell that the people would stumble over Jesus, but Peter explains it in 1 Peter chapter number 2, beginning in verse number 6. First Peter chapter number 2. And verse number six, he's quoting Isaiah here. He says, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, verse six, 
Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, that's Jesus, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. It means he won't be confused. He, he will not be offended. He will not be perplexed. Oh, we live in an age of confusion, don't we? We, li- we live in an age where everybody's trying to find the answer except for where the answer lies. They'll go to every source except for the one who has the answers, and that's Jesus. And because of their rejection of him, they walk in darkness and they're confounded. Politicians and uh, professional educators and 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 Hollywood entertainers and philosophers, they, they want to try to tell us how to solve all of our problems, but they are as those the Bible characterizes as ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And the reason is because they won't come to the person of the truth. And so he says they're confounded. Notice in verse number seven, unto you therefore which believe he is precious. <laughs> oh, friend, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, He's precious to you. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, verse 8, and a stone of stumbling. That's what it means by the fact that they were offended. He was a stone of stumbling to them, a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. So we find they were offended. They saw and they heard what he said. They were astonished, but they didn't believe. They looked for an answer. Where did he get this? And then they became offended. And then here's the saddest of all. They were astonished. They were offended. And then thirdly, they were unchanged. Notice, if you would, please, in verse number 5, Mark chapter 6. They were unchanged. Everywhere Jesus went, he made a difference. Capernaum, casting out devils, healing a lame man born of four, let down through the ceiling. Going to Gadara, delivering a man possessed of a legion of demons. A leper came to Jesus. He was healed. A woman with an issue of blood trying to break through the press just to touch the hem of his garment, and she did so, and she was healed. A man who came to Jesus and said, My daughter is dying. Would you please come to my house? And Jesus went. Along the way, she died. But Jesus said, It's going to be okay. And onward they went until he came to her home, and he took her by the hand, and he told her to get up. And she did. Everywhere he went, mighty works, a mighty difference. But it's different here. It's not the same here. Something's happened. I want you to see it with me. Verse 5. And he could there do no mighty work. Jesus has come to town. He's come home. He's among his people. And you could hardly tell the difference when he left. 
Why? Is it because he lost power? Is it because suddenly he wasn't able? No. That's not it at all. You see, Jesus operates in the realm of faith. And he didn't find any in Nazareth. Instead of being received, he was rejected. Jesus operates in the realm of faith. Now, now listen, there's no doubt that Jesus has the power and had the power. He could have done anything he wanted to do. But we don't have a sideshow Savior. He did not come to prove to you who he is. It's already proven. You see, they were familiar with him, right? Same town. They knew the story. Mary and Joseph. Surely they developed friendships. Surely they'd got to talk to some people. Surely Mary had related what happened. Had they done any amount of investigation, they could have found out about the wise men who came to Jerusalem looking for him. Had they done any more investigation, surely they could have found the shepherds who were in the field that night when the angels said, hey, he is here. Good news. Certainly as he grew, they understood he was no ordinary boy. When they found him at the age of 12, he was in the temple questioning the doctors, perplexing them with his knowledge. He's no ordinary boy. He never got in trouble at school for making fun of anybody. He never said an unkind thing. He was no ordinary boy. He was no ordinary man. Then they heard the reports of his ministry and the crowds that gathered to hear him. You see, had they simply had an interest, had they simply just looked up the lineage of Mary and of Joseph, they would have found for certain that he was of the house and the lineage of David. They would have certainly known that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. It was all there in front of them had they had the interest. You see, he didn't come to put on a show. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And the way that happens is when we respond to him in faith believing. And when we do not respond to him in faith believing, then he could do there no mighty work. And so the Bible tells us that Jesus marveled. They were astonished by him, but he was astonished by them. And he marveled at their unbelief. Twice in the scripture, the Bible tells us that Jesus marveled. 
The first time, Luke chapter 7 and verse 9, he marveled at the faith of the centurion. The Roman centurion came to Jesus. He said, my servant's sick. I, I understand that you can heal him. And Jesus, about to go with him, said, that's not necessary. He said, you can say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, brother, that was faith. That wasn't, wait a minute, I've got to see it to believe it. That was faith. Jesus, commenting about that centurion, said in Luke 7 and verse 9, I say unto you that I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And he was astonished by the faith of this centurion. And then the other occurrence where he's astonished is this occurrence, and he's not astonished by their faith, he's astonished by their unbelief. The fact that it was all in front of them, and they refused to see it. Dr. Levi came home from work that day. He'd been ministering to his patients at the Nazareth Medical Center, his wife said, how was your day? You know, the usual. The ER was crowded. Lots of cases that perplex us. Well, how is it with Mrs. Smith? Oh, her cancer has metastasized. The chemo's not working. The radiation's not getting it done. I've consulted with the other physicians. We have no answers. It's a dreadful thing. Well, did you get Dr. Johnson to help you? No, I, I couldn't get him because his wife is sick and he's at home taking care of her. By the way, he said to his wife, how's your Aunt Mary? Oh, didn't you hear about her? No. What happened? Jesus came to town today. And he preached. And most of the people walked away and doubting him. But Mary stuck around the synagogue. She went to Jesus and she said, Could you heal me? And he did. She's completely healed. And you wouldn't believe it. But her life has completely changed. She told me that she believes that Jesus is the Messiah. And not only that he healed her physically, but that he saved her soul and gave her peace and joy that she could never explain. And Dr. Levi opened his newspaper. And he said, that's interesting. And he went on about his day. Just like everybody else in Nazareth. Except for a few. A few sick folk, the Bible tells us. Just a few sick folk that he laid his hands on. And he healed them. Oh, but he could have done. A mighty work. He could have done a mighty work.
I wonder as Jesus passes through here. As Jesus passes through your home. As Jesus passes through tabernacle. Is he a prophet without honor? Oh, we're astonished by him. Pretty amazing. But then we're offended at him. We don't like the way he's done it. It's amazing how men try to reshape how God should be. But for that few who said, he's the son of God, he did a mighty work in them. Friend, if you'll come to Jesus by faith believing him, that he is who he said he is, the son of God, And if you'll repent of your sin and turn to Him, I want to tell you on the authority of God's Word, He'll save you. He'll forgive you of your sin and give you life everlasting. He'll do a mighty work in your life. The Bible tells us in that same passage in John chapter 1, when He said He came into His own and His own received Him not, I'm glad the story didn't end there. Because in verse number 12, the Bible said, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But as many as received him, to them, gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe. Do you believe in Jesus? If you've never received him as your Savior, I want to invite you today, friend, I want to invite you today to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. He died on the cross for you. He will save you of your sin. He will cleanse you of your sin. He will give you a home in heaven. Will you come to him? Maybe you're here this morning and your life is a mess. There's sorrow and there's burdens. There's trouble. There's division. There's despair. And you're wondering... How's it all going to get fixed? I just want to tell you, bring it to Jesus and allow him to do a mighty work. How about our church? Have we gotten so familiar? Have we gotten so used to doing church that though we've been astonished, now we're really not impressed? Are we willing to allow Jesus to walk in and out these doors and leave us unchanged? Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. 
we pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.